0: I invite you to join me in prayer. Good and gracious spirit, fall afresh on us. In these moments, fall afresh on us and quiet any voice within us but your own. That we might hear your word for us this day and that in hearing, we might be called to lead lives of response. So may the words of my mouth And the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, God our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our first scripture lesson this day comes from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance and strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals, with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Indeed, praise the Lord. Our second text this day comes from the Gospel of John. It is the preacher's priority when it strikes them Uh, to change the pericope, uh, to change the parameters of the text that we will read. So while your bulletin notes that the text uh, begins in 19 and goes through 31, we're going to change that a little bit. We're actually going to begin with part of the text that we read last Sunday in verse 16. We're going to go through verse 23. So this is John chapter 20, verses 16 through 23. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, They are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Beloved, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. So it is Mary Magdalene who makes the first proclamation of our risen Lord, the first proclamation of the resurrection. She says, I have seen the Lord. She tells this to the gathered disciples. It's been her charge, her commission, to not hold on to Jesus, but to go, to let them know what she has seen. But this scene is an interesting one, because it only happens because she decides to linger. The Gospel of John tells us that two of the disciples made their way to the tomb upon her calling them, Mary Magdalene calling them. They make their way, they run to the tomb. One goes straight in, the other stands outside and then goes in later. They explore, they see that what she has told them is true and then they leave and they go home. But Mary Magdalene does not. Scripture says that she lingered there just outside the tomb. She lingered in the midst of that garden, pondering, wondering what all of this might mean. That's important for us to know because there might be narratives that you have heard that upon his crucifixion, Jesus was abandoned. He was abandoned by all who followed him. But this text tells us something different. And in fact, the other Gospels attest to it as well. Jesus was not abandoned, not by the women. The women who followed him, who watched as he healed and fed, who helped to support his ministry, both financially and otherwise. The women, upon his crucifixion, did not depart. They did not abandon. They did not leave him. It's the women who early on the first day of the week gather the accoutrements that are necessary to prepare the body for burial, and they bring it. It's the women who linger at the foot of the cross. It's Mary Magdalene who lingers in the garden that day. It is because of their example, the women that followed a new Christ, that we are even here. Tell me how the story goes if Mary Magdalene doesn't linger this day. It cuts off with the the men going into the tomb and going home. Maybe Jesus shows up. Maybe not. The story, though, is forever marked. It is shaped by the faithfulness of Mary Magdalene and countless other women, the first to witness, the first to believe, the first to proclaim the resurrection of our Lord. But the disciples, they're nowhere to be found at the tomb when Jesus appears different than he did before. They have gone back they have locked themselves into a room for fear, Scripture tells us. It's the first day of the week in the door where they are the, uh, the door to the house where they are is locked for fear, Scripture tells us. And as if locked doors don't matter to Jesus, He shows up in their midst. in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their bondage. That's really what this room is representative of. It's not simply fear that puts us in bondage. There are countless other things that put us in bondage. But the scripture says this day that it is fear. And I wonder if this might be the touchstone for us where we connect with the text today. I wonder if we might ponder the locked doors that we find ourselves behind. I wonder what fear might make us do. I wonder about our places of bondage even after Easter. There is, of course, when we speak of fear, many dimensions to it. Some might fear failure. Some might fear vulnerability. Others might fear judgment or exclusion. Some might fear sadness and hurt. Others are kept in the bonds of addiction, others' expectation. There are many things that drive the disciples that day to find themselves behind locked doors. And there are many things that drive us to our places of bondage as well. It's as if locked doors don't matter to Jesus because he shows up amongst them and he says a word to them, peace, Peace be with you, he says. And then scripture says that he shows them his wounds, his hands, and then his side. As if to say, you have nothing to fear. Not pain or hurt or wounding. You have nothing to fear. Not bondage that you have stricken yourself with or bondage that you feel has been placed upon you. You have nothing to fear. Peace be with you. Jesus meets the disciples' fear with the word of peace. And I wonder for us this day how Jesus is meeting our own fear, our own bondage, our own worry. I wonder what it looks like for us to gather together in a room And to imagine for a moment that Christ is indeed present here. And that whatever fear or frustration you brought to this place this day, whether it has to do with your family or your work or your faith life or even your church, whatever fear or worry you brought to this place today, we might imagine together that in this room, behind these doors, Jesus is actually present here. Meeting our fear with the word of peace. About a month from now, we will commission a brand new set of officers, elders and deacons. June 5th, mark your calendars if you haven't already. That is the day of Pentecost. At some point during that service, there will be cushions across these front steps. And many of you will be invited to come forward and to lay hands. If you've been a deacon or an elder, you're going to come and you're going to lay hands and pray And that is an ancient practice of ours, the idea that indeed we share within us, indeed all humanity shares within us a spirit, not born of ourselves, but born of the divine. Not created within us, but granted to us by the God of all creation. We will lay hands on that day of Pentecost. And our imagination will tell us that on the day of Pentecost, that was actually when the spirit showed up. But that's not what the gospel writer tells us. The first time we see the Spirit working and moving in Scripture is just after Christ's resurrection. He only offers the disciples two things for their fear and for the journey ahead. For their fear, he offers peace. For the journey to which they will be commissioned, he offers his Spirit. That's all they get, that's all we get. On this second Sunday of Easter, it is right for us to pause and to give deep and abiding thanks for the women who linger in the midst of the hurt and the disappointment with the hope that Christ might show Christ's self. And it is also right for us to hear for whatever fear we brought to this place a word of peace, not from, not from me or even someone seated near you, but from the risen Christ. Go, Jesus tells Mary, and announce to the disciples, let them know what I am doing, and she does. And then later, Receive the Spirit of God. This day we give thanks for the ones who linger and the Spirit that comes. Let's pray together. Good and gracious Spirit, we prayed that you fall afresh. We did so because upon the resurrection, that is what you did. You fell afresh upon the disciples, empowering them for their journey ahead, equipping them in every way to forgive and to loose the bonds of sin and injustice. And so this day, we open ourselves to the gift of you. With the breath of God. And we pray that you might indwell us, each of us, but also our church. We pray that you would meet our fear with a word of peace, trusting that you are still at work, and that you would meet the work ahead by the power of your spirit working through us. We lift these prayers in the name for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen one. And all God's people say together, Amen.